Rangers drop points but they're still top What do you think? Rangers fans Should there have been a red card or two for Hibs? Celtic move closer to the top of the Premiership what is it? Was it a bit too close for comfort? You Celtic fans How good was that Motherwell win at Petaudry? How much will Aberdeen miss McKenna? And what about that Shankland finish for Dundee United at the weekend? And those £30,000 fines handed out to Celtic and Aberdeen for those COVID breaches. This is the GOAT Radio Football Show. It's good to have you with us. Rob McLean here, Ali Defoy, Barry Ferguson and Cy Ferry. All present and correct. Alan Forrest of Livingston will be with us soon. We'll hear from uh, newly signed Hibs midfielder Stephen McGinn and the former Rangers defender Craig Moore will be with us. That's about 20 past six. So we have uh, lots of football chat to be throwing at you and we want you involved as well. And here, Ali is out to get in touch. Absolutely. Give us a shout on the socials at Go Football Show or maybe you want to give us a wee call 0808 17 17 700. Maybe some of the topics that Rob's already mentioned is coming to mind and you're thinking, I've got a point on that. Give us a call or text us 87474 and put Go at the start of your message and it's just your normal network rate. We'll be looking forward as well, of course, to those European games on Thursday night. All four Scottish teams involved, all four away from home. Firstly, it's Riga against Celtic. Then it's Hapoel Beersheva in Israel against Motherwell. Willem Tway in Holland against Rangers. Uh, that's an eight o'clock kickoff, as is Sporting Lisbon against Aberdeen. Some glamour games to come, but let's catch up before we move any further about the six results, Ali, at the weekend in the Premiership. Absolutely, there's plenty happening on Saturday. Celtic won 3-2 over Livingston. Dundee United beat St Mirren 2-1. Kilmarnock 2-1 over Hamilton and St Johnston were beaten by Ross County 1-0 at home. And then of course yesterday the big game, Hibernian and Rangers. I feel wrong saying that, I just want to say Hibs. Um, two all draw there and then Aberdeen shocker 3-0 win to Motherwell away. Sure it was, Rangers 20 points then, Celtic with a game in hand on 19, Hibs on 17, three points covering the top three, uh, Aberdeen stay on 12, Ross County 11, Dundee United 10, then it's the bottom six, Kilmarnock, Motherwell, St Johnston, St Mirren, Hamilton and Livingston. It's all very tight though in that bottom section of the table, but let's start at the top, Rangers drawing at Easter Road yesterday, Two goals each, it finished. Rangers stay top of the league, but uh, not entirely satisfactory for Steven Gerrard. Yeah, well, I think we've got to manage the game better. Uh, we showed great character, good quality. The second goal was fantastic to get ourselves in front. Um, but then we go on and uh, give a real sloppy goal away, so that's disappointing. To concede two goals away from home, it's very difficult to win football matches. Barry, what did you think? Hibs two, Rangers two. I've got to agree with the manager, it's frustrating, um, you go a goal down and they do the hard part in getting 2-1 up and then you think that's going to, um, there's going to be a bit of confidence flow through the team um, and then the second goal, I'll be honest with you, both goals were very sloppy for, for Rangers point of view, the long diagonal for the first goal, I think Barisic has got to win it, um, he's got to be tougher and the second goal, Goldson, um, just really slack just whack it into the stand sometimes you've just got to do the basics uh, correctly and Hibs go on and, and get that equalising goal so a frustrating day for Rangers because certainly Rangers listen I've seen them play better there's no doubt about it but they had enough chances in the game 
um, to win it and plus when you're 2-1 up away from home sometimes you've got to shut up shop and make sure you do the as I had mentioned a minute ago do the basics correctly and you come away from a difficult place with three points Stephen Gerrard wasn't looking for excuses Si but there should have been an offside flag up against Martin Boyle mm. in the build up to the, to the second goal shouldn't there yeah I think the linesman's missed that one it was tight to be fair to him um, but players can't use that as an excuse after the ball then goes to Martin Boyle Tavernier needs to defend better and that's been my, my point about the Rangers two fullbacks. I mentioned it on Friday, great going forward, but I think that's where Hibs look to exploit. You know, as I said as well, Jack Ross is not a kind of manager that just turns up and hopes hopes that his team performs in a certain way. You could tell that Hibs had worked on that all week. And, and I think fair play to Jack Ross, you know, he's changed his formation. He went to the three five two that we talked about. And he really stifled Rangers and Kent in particular. And for me, he was just dropping far too deep in the first half because he was getting frustrated. And I think if you can stop Kent playing for this Rangers team, it's a massive. But what ended up happening, I think, Kent went over to the right and done the boy Doig. And I was quite surprised, Barry. I thought, with Kent not getting a lot of action on the left-hand side, I thought they would maybe switched him over to the right for a wee 20, 25 minutes to go and put him against the wee boy Doig. You know, he's 18 year old. He's a young kid, sorry. I don't know his exact age. 18, exact, 18 yeah. yeah. You know, I thought they would have put Kent on him. More after the first goal especially, but he, he wandered back over to the left and I just thought Hibs looked comfortable. I think Rangers were the better team. But, you know, I just thought Hibs were always in the game. And again, fair play to Jack Ross as well. They go 2-1 down and he changes it again. And that's a good manager for me. Any other manager I think could have sat and, and 2-1 think, well, maybe get a goal here. But he changed it. He took the young boy off and he went um, Nesbitt left and put Dodge up on his front. So Jack Ross deserves massive credit for that for that result on, on Sunday. Could we have seen a red card for either Porteous or Hanlon, Barry? Look, I, I get people's point. I've watched that a number of times. I mean, Sai will tell you in the game, in terms of Porteous, I've done it. Mm-hmm. Countless times When the ball's not even near us You're just going block It's part of the game Is it a red card? I don't think it is no, But but let the law You you know what I mean If, it, if it's seen again If the referee's seen it He would probably give it um, In terms of the other one uh, No I, I don't think it's a red card I think he just put his body in And his arms went up slightly I don't think there's intent to Actually elbow him um, So I wouldn't see. I wouldn't say both of them um, are red cards. That I'd sort of stuff I, goes on in every game, Barry. It, it? it does, and I'm hearing people speak about it. It's a sending off, and I, I get where people are coming from. But Rob, I've got to give him my opinion. It's and, a man's game. Yeah, yeah and, I, and a woman's game. I would be disappointed if I get sent off for doing anything yeah. like that. I don't know what you think, Sai, but I, I don't think either of, uh, of them are a red card. All that's happened is is Morelos has read read the situation quicker than Porteous. He's he's went to run the channel quicker and Porteous has blocked him off. Can't be getting red cards. There's red cards for that, but no, no players on the pitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? That happens. And again, Hanlon. You know, you, anyone that played football will tell you when you step in front of somebody, you're, you're automatically put your hand up to shield the ball. And okay, it's hit Hadji in the face, but it's not a red card. I see. See the la- the very last thing that lifts slightly his elbow, um, but it's not right in the middle of his face. I don't think Hanlon's went into the elbow. The elbow. Nah, I, I honestly don't. Think he's he's meant to do it. Um, I think yellow card is enough uh, for the incidents. See on Porteous, I like that for my centre half. Mm-hmm. I like Porteous. He's aggressive, and you know if Golden does what what Porteous does and just be and is a good defender, the second goal doesn't come. You know that's right in Porteous. That boy's in the stand. Mm-hmm. He's not taking a chance at a wee, a wee five yard pass into midfield. Yeah. I really like Ryan Porteous. See, the second goal, I think that's the one that will frustrate the manager yeah. most. The first phase. Golston has got to just lump that ball forward trying to play in. Listen, I get it. The, the modern day centre halves all want to just play the nice wee neat ball into the central midfielder. Sometimes just get it 40, 50 yards up the park 
or into row Z in the main stand. Sometimes you just got to defend. And then the second phase, Tavernier lets uh, Boyle come on to his good side to cross the ball, send him down to the line and let him uh, play it in with his, his left foot. But a frustrating day for Rangers. But you know what? Listen, they might look back in a couple of months and say it's a no bad point. Yeah. I was gonna, yeah. We'll, we'll talk a bit more about Rangers later on. I was going to make that very point, Barry. That actually, when you think how good Hibs are, how well organised they are, how well they've started the season, maybe on reflection that won't be a bad point for Rangers, and they do stay top of the Premiership. So more to come from Stephen Gerrard, more to come from Neil Lennon on uh, that three-two win on Saturday against Livingston. And talking Livingston, let's say hello to Alan Forrest. Hi, Alan. All right, how you doing? Not bad at all. I think the pre-match billing had you and James both starting. I don't think it, I don't think it was meant to be that you and your brother were both on the bench, was it? Ah, I you know it's, it's one of them. It was frustrating for us not to uh, start the game, but uh, it was a it was a weird feeling though uh, coming on at the same time. I know it was, a, it was a collector's item picture that wasn't it. Uh, Neil Beaton was in the middle, but uh, the two of you coming on at, at the same time. I know. Well, speaking about it after the game, it just uh, felt strange, but uh, good feeling, like a proud moment as well for like our our family as well. Yeah, they'd have uh, they'd have enjoyed that moment. Mm-hmm. Near Beaton looked Aye. like your dad, didn't he? He looked like your dad standing <laughs> in, the, in the middle of the two years. Ah, yeah, no, no, it was massive compared to me, David. But I know that was a, a surreal moment, but uh, I know just uh, frustrated that we never like. Uh, Started the game as well, but no, it was, it was it was some feeling coming on. Was it a day maybe when both teams were pretty happy with the outcome? Because that, that that's a that's a pretty respectable scoreline for Livy uh, at Celtic Park and and Celtic. Although while they they were probably disappointed with themselves that they that they weren't more comfortable in the end, it it was it was another three points for them. Yeah, it's one of them. I think uh, I think we've played uh, quite well in the game. Uh, done well and then I think we, we, we can have finished strong as well maybe in another day we could have maybe got something at the game but it's, it's one of them it's like a tough place to go and uh, like I know I know we lost the game but as I said I think I think we've done well and uh, like, I we could take the positives for that That was some hit from Julian Serrano wasn't it? I know some, some hit I was a uh, I was screaming for the ball as well. I was wanting to pass just before. <laughs> don't but, shoot! Don't shoot! <laughs> nah, you know. Uh, but nah, it's one of them. He's, it's a great strike, and uh, I know, I know. He got us back in the game at that point. So a pretty, pretty encouraging for you then that the, the result, the fact that you'd gone ahead in the game as well when Jason Holt scored the penalty, and you, you, the, the fact that you made it difficult for Celtic, and they were uncomfortable, and they were looking for that full-time whistle in the end. I guess that makes you feel pretty good about it. Yeah, that's the thing. As I said, I think I think they've played quite well, and I, I think in a few of the games this season they have, they have kind of they have kind of uh, played well and just kind of not really uh, got the result. Uh, so I think that will come like in the next few weeks. So we we'll just need to uh, take the positive for that game, and I, I think the results will come if we keep working hard. Alan, it's uh, Cy Ferry. How you doing, mate? All right. All right. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. Good. Did you and James talk during the game, like what your ma was making for dinner that night, or that? <laughs> No, I mean, I've got to be fair, nah. it's one of them coming on, like, you just, I, I never even really uh, made eye, I don't think we really made eye contact either, just one of them, like, you come on, you come on to the game, and uh, that's what I'm saying, it was a wee, it was a wee bit weird, because mm-hmm. uh, it's not the, not the normal thing, but, uh, no, no, it was good to, 
play, play against them Do you usually talk to each other after a game on a Saturday Does he give you pointers on where you could do better? Uh, I, like, I, we, we speak after uh, He can uh, uh, I, He, he can let me play my own game and stuff and that as well But no, no, we, no, we do talk as well And he can uh, uh, It's good to get advice off him as well uh, last question How have you found uh, the, the step up to the Premier League Obviously you've you were just flying just stole my here. question Oh sorry That mate. was mine as well uh, You've just stole my question <laughs> I don't we'll know what I'm going to ask him <laughs> why, why don't we just ask him it four times <laughs> How good. have you found it? Uh, no, no it's been good Obviously you, you, you see the difference uh, with, with the level Oh no I, I've enjoyed it I've enjoyed uh, so far uh, the, the games And uh, Obviously the, Like I think we've got a good set here at Livingston as well, and it, as I said, that a couple of games have been unlucky as well. Like the results haven't went our way, but no, it's, it's still been enjoyable for me and what to kick on and uh, try and I get get a few more goals and assists in that this season. See, see when you look at the Livingston team, yeah. a, a lot of them go on about uh, they're a long ball team, they're for set pieces or, or whatever. But see when you, you look through their team and their squad, they've got some really good football uh, yeah. players. I think they've got decent players, Livingston. Um, I think they get tired with that far too often, uh, the long ball. Um, I think they're a, a decent football team. Yeah, I agree. Jason yeah. Holt, Scott Pittman in the midfield, good players. Sibold, I Sibold like him. He was a good, yeah, yeah, good yeah. footballer as well. And then obviously Allen's joint for Air United. So they've got some decent players, Livingston. So how have you found the step up to the Premiership then? <laughs> <laughs> but but see the thing is Alan I wanted to ask you this as well because is it a three five two of your playing? Obviously you're a natural winger. Does that kind of that kind of hamper your chances of getting in the team? Uh, well, to be fair, like we've been playing, we've not played that all season, right? Uh, we kind of we've, uh, we've played like the four two three one like a few games this season. Uh, a couple of the, the games to start with, we played a three five two, but he's he's changed it as well. With the with the formations, it's not always the three five two. Because if you're a winger playing that fullback role, that's a that's a graveyard shift, isn't it? Ah, yeah, that's 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 a horrible one as well. Especially if you're playing the the better teams like Rangers and Celtic and that as well. It's just a ah, as you say, it's a graveyard shift, isn't it? Up and down. And you and you found it difficult to to get a regular starting slot, which probably underlines Alan the the strength of the squad. I um no. As you say, we've got a we've got a big squad and we've got a I know a, a good squad as well, uh, a lot of players. So, I it's going to be it'll be difficult for every day to uh, get a run of the team. That but it's uh, no I've been I've been enjoying it and it's just got to keep working hard and trying if you get your chance and that and take it. Alan, it's Ali here. I'm going to take you back to when you came off the bench and scored in the 89th minute at Hamden Park. Was that one of your best goals? Um, yeah, that was one where what wasn't like one of my best goals, but it was some feeling like because I was so young at the time. For sure, because um, you were Ayr's youngest ever goal scorer at 16 years old in 321 days, right? Wow. Yeah, it was just because uh, I was uh, that was a, a similar a similar feeling like that felt uh, so good. Uh, obviously, coming on like not not expecting anything. Uh, I know that that was some feeling. Do you feel the pressure of of, of being James's wee, wee brother just just because of the expectations? Has that has that made it tough for you, Alan? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's one of them. James is obviously done brilliant. Uh, 
for years now. Uh, one of the big players in the the, the SPL for like uh, for, a, for a good few years now. So that's going to be a wee bit adding pressure. But uh, it's one of them. I just kind of worry about myself and what I'm doing, and uh, I can't affect that. Obviously, I, I'm buzzing for like what he's doing. Uh, so I just kind of try and play my own game really and just I just just worry about myself. Uh, James, it's Si again. Just, uh, just on sale. No, 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 this is Alan. <laughs> oh, so that, 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 that's shocking. <laughs> <laughs> you're just trying to undermine him, aren't you? You're, you're trying to get into his head. <laughs> Sorry, I was a question about James. Um, say, like a lot of people have said that Celtic are not playing well just now. What, what did you think you said, like watching them uh, up close on Saturday? I, I think that's. I, I, I think they've been. Uh, you can tell that they're, they're really good. That they move the ball about well. And, uh, and at times I thought we'd done all okay against them, but you can tell that their players, like how good they're up close. Mm. And uh, I think for folk to say they've not been doing well is like, cause I think they've still they've only drew, they drew one game, won the rest. Yeah, yeah, one game. Aye, no, they've still started well, and that you can just tell like the amount of players they've got, even on the bench, and that to come on as well, like the squads. So strong, and no, nah, no, nah, you can tell when you, when you see them up close how good they are. And you could see the quality as well in that Ayeti goal, the way it was carved out, and the way it was finished off as well. That was that was top class, Alan, wasn't it? Uh, even even a couple of goals, like uh, good movement. Uh, and as you say, that third goal, the play up to the uh, Ajeti's goal, and then his finish as well, hard finish. He's, nah, he's done really well. So, just finally then, I mean, Livingston, bottom of the table, it's never great to be bottom of the table, but when you look at it, and I was saying this, I guess, right at the top of the show, it's really tight, isn't it? I mean, you're you're one behind Hamilton, you're a couple behind St Mirren and St Johnston, and you're only three points, one win uh, away from Motherwell and Kilmarnock, which is pretty much in the middle of the table. So, you know, I, I guess, being bo- you don't want to be bottom, but a, a win or two, uh, a few points on the board makes a big difference, Alan. Yeah, that's it. Uh, if you win a couple of games, you win a couple of games, and that table changes, and that you could find yourself like like uh, sixth or seventh or something, a couple of wins. So it's, it is tight. It's the same for for any of the teams down the bottom as well. If, if they get can get a run going, the, the the table changes. And I think if we if we keep if we keep playing the way we've been playing, I, th- I think we can pick up results in that as well, and I ho- hopefully uh, move up the table. Good talking to you, Alan, and uh, all the best. Right, thank you. Cheers, Cheers, Alan. Cheers. Good to have you on the Go Radio Football Show. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. Yeah, it's the Radio Football Show. It's Monday to Friday, 5 till 7. Glasgow's own Go Radio. Heard just before the break from Alan Forrest of Livingston. Uh, Really good performance from them on Saturday at Celtic Park. Ultimately losing, but certainly... Plenty of pluses for Gary Holton Co. to take from that. We've heard already tonight from Stephen Gerrard, his reaction uh, to Hibs 2 Rangers 2 yesterday at Easter Road. Uh, Let's hear from Neil Lennon now and his thoughts on Celtic 3, Livingston 2, that game on Saturday, which uh, at the time took Celtic to the top. Of course, Rangers are back in pole position now. 3-2 Celtic. What did Neil Lennon think about that? In the end, narrow margin. Well, it shouldn't have been narrow, you know, to 3-1. I don't think they should have had a, a goal either. I think we should have had a penalty a minute beforehand. Uh, but our reaction again was very, very good. Two great goals, great third goal. And then, you know, we switched off. It's a poor goal from our point of view, the second one. that's um, too easy and um, 
just made life a little bit hard for ourselves towards the end, but um, it's a great win, it's been a great week, and uh, that's all we can ask of the players at the minute. Yeah, it was uh, maybe a bit more uncomfortable in those closing moments, Si, than it might have been for, for Celtic. They were a goal down then, they were uh, 2-1, 3-1 cruising, uh, and that uh, belter from Julian Serrano made things a little bit awkward at the end, and there was a late chance for Livy as well. Yeah, I think you get that, Rob, when you're changing the team so much. You know, it's hard for the team to get in a rhythm. Uh, and uh, OK, they're not playing free-flowing football, but I did think in stages some of their football was very good Saturday. And I think uh, me and Barry spoke about it a lot. A lot for me was the day with Callum McGregor playing higher up the pitch. You he know, took, took your advice, didn't he? He did. He's been listening to me and Barry. Do you know what I mean? We're not stupid as we look. But um, <laughs> I just think when he's in the advanced position, Celtic plays so much better. You know, the ball gets passed forward a lot more. I thought him and Christie linked up really well. Uh, and again in a jetty you've got a guy who will score goals I mean that third goal for me was outstanding and yeah. Cham again a midfield player that wants to pick the ball up and run forward but McGregor's pass for the for Taylor's for Taylor yeah. it, that, that's the quality that guy possesses in the final third and if he plays that 10-15 yards further forward Celtic are going to get that every week That that's the thing that just frustrates um, McGregor uh, for me yeah. we, we spoke about it last week I'm yeah. watching the Scotland games and sometimes when I watch a Celtic games he just plays within himself but you, you've seen the quality he possesses and he, he's a main player for Celtic McGregor yeah. McGregor's playing at a high level Celtic play that, that that's for sure there's no doubt in my mind about it I think Celtic's worry though would be the same as Rangers worry is it a defensively switch off mm. you know you look at Rangers Sunday and you look at Ayer Saturday in the first half you know for me he's more, he's more worried about taking the ball out the pitch taking the ball up the pitch and starting play than actually defending and and you look at the same with for me Tavernier and Barisic are more interested in going forward than they are defending. Um so both for both Celtic and Rangers with this game coming up in two weeks, they're the two areas that you'd be looking at. You know, that'd be a worry on both sides that yeah, okay, you dominate the ball, but there's a lapse in concentration on both sides of the defence. So it should um that'll be something that Lenny will hit. You know, I I know in his teams he likes to be strong defensively. Um so that would be the big decision for me is I play or does Julian play? Because um, as I say, if you're going to play the three Ayers, good for bringing the ball out. But for me, defensively, switches off too easily. Yeah, we'll uh, talk uh, more about Ayer later on and uh, possible AC Milan interest in uh, signing him. Milan play tonight, I think, against Bologna in their first Serie A game of the season. But let's include Celtic fan Jordan in the conversation now on the Go Radio Football Show. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Rob. How are you doing? Hi, not bad. What did you think um, of uh, What did you think of Saturday? I, well, I thought it was good in parts. I, thought, I was just on to address a lot of the, the negativity among, among Celtic fans, which are really it's frustrating. I can't really fathom. I've had to delete Twitter over the weekend just because I, I, I can't listen to it anymore. Um, I don't know if you can't enjoy uh, some of the football that was played um, on Saturday. Uh, you know, the, the, the goals we scored, McGregor cutting, uh, cutting a slide drill pass, cutting Tim Oatman, you know, after the end, at the end of 10, 15 passes, you've got... Christie's touching, touching pass for the Jetties, which a wonder finish. Like, and if you look yeah. at the goals you conceded, it was a, a counter attack from uh, basically a, from a similar incident we had. It was a bit of, if you apply the letter ball to the Hampton ball rule, we used to probably depend on the other end of the pitch. And they got a 25 yard wonder strike. So yeah. I think a lot of the criticism for me is unjust. Yeah, we, I mean, we, we've we've spoken about it a lot on the mm. show on the show, Jordan. Uh, you know, in particular, likes of uh, Ryan Christie and, and James Forrest getting it in recent times, and and we don't get it, Si, really, do no. we? No, I, I know it's a crazy season. I think that's the way it's going to be. Obviously, there's so much pressure on getting the ten in a row. But if you actually look at it, you know, Neil Lennon gets so much criticism for Celtic fans, and if he wins his game in hand, he goes ahead of Rangers, who Stephen Gerrard, who Rangers fans absolutely love. 
and they're singing praises of how, how good the team is just now. They're, they're going to be a point behind Celtic if Celtic win their game in hand. I think it's just going to be that type of season. As I say, I don't think Lenny was a lot of people's choice for the job. But if you look at the job he's done, Neil Lennon has done the job that he's been asked to do. If they win their game in hand, they will be top of the league. See, if you ask anybody who's a Celtic fan or a Rangers fan, right? Listen, playing, playing great is... It's great to watch, right? But see, at the end of the day, see if you get three points. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the kickoff, that that that's yeah. that's the most important thing. Um, you look at see, I I can't believe some of the criticism some of the players get uh, from Celtic uh, fans. James Forrest, look, I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, but I I, I think he's still one of the top performers in Scottish and th- football. And I think the facts speak for themselves with yeah, James just Forrest. Go look, as well. look, look, at, look at the goals. Yeah. Look at the assists. Look at his stats. His goals. He's, I think he's played over four hundred games for Celtic. Listen, he, he he's not flying every single week, but what? What footballer does? Mm. Jordan, is, is Albion a Yeti doing it for you? That's four goals in, in five. It's not even five complete games. I think he's only started two and he's got four goals already. And what a finish that was on Saturday, curling the curling the ball round McCrory. Absolutely, it's class. It's so instinctive. Um, I think that Celtic's been crying out for a striker like that, especially when um, you've got Edward who does most of his best work out, outside the box. Um, he's just a perfect, perfect point from allows him. Edward, when you play a a 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1 where Edward drops deep for McGregor or Christie um, or Enchanted hat um, but that's when you play the two of them it's just totally changed that I think he's just the perfect perfect foil for, for Edward and can't argue his goal return um, and the, you look at the minutes that he's played in comparison to his goal record it must be less than, less than a game um, between somewhere between 60 minutes and 90 minutes which you can't ask for a better start than that and you see when you hear some of the criticism as well it's funny because before the game, all the criticism was that Christie was playing and Edward wasn't. And all the criticism was that Greg Taylor was still on the team for the St Mirren game. Ryan Christie scores the goals and sets up a goal. Greg Taylor also gets an assist. So Neil Lennon knows what he's doing. He's not daft. He gets to see these players five days a week. And I'm one as well that, that doesn't like the rotation. But ultimately, when you've got that, that amount of good players, you need to keep everyone happy. I understand that. And I think in the long run of the season, it will work out for the better for Celtic. But fans, as I say, because it's such a big season, I think fans are just panicking too much too quickly and on the subject of the of the of the negative chat as well th- this was this was Neil Lennon's reaction afterwards well it shouldn't have been narrow you know to 3-1 I don't think they should have had a, a goal either I think we should have had a penalty a minute beforehand uh, but our reaction again was very very good two great goals great third goal and then you know we switched off it's a poor goal from our point of view the second one that's um, too easy and um just made life a little bit hard for ourselves towards the end but um, it's a great win it's been a great week and uh, that's all we can ask of the players at the minute yeah that was such a good clip of Neil Lennon we thought we'd play it <laughs> twice but but this is him reacting to, to a lot of the, the negative uh, stuff that's been going on you know I'm not going to be critical of the team you know I think there's too much of that I think there's a lot of expectation on them I think they're doing very very well that's you know six wins out of seven and a draw you know we're on an unbeaten run albeit you know we're not Maybe at full throttle, we could have went on to win the game four or five, but the the second goal changed the psychology of the game a little bit. But overall, you know, it's um, another fine win for us. Jordan, I think that's that's your gaffer putting it in perspective, really, isn't it? Well, absolutely. Like um, I understood the criticism from um, the French Barros game. You know, you've got a couple of strikers on the bench, uh, put Christie through the middle, um, but everything that could have possibly gone wrong in that game went wrong. Um, Elianus is a perfectly good goal, ruled out at 2-1, and if, if that goes in, then the games are, we, we then go on and score more, and the games are out of sight. But I think it's become toxic since then. It started, basically, since then it's starting, basically when the, 
the team treats Lip Red out, you know, you've got loads of people complaining. It doesn't matter, like, so if he, if he doesn't change the team, they're saying, uh, why, why isn't such and such? There's always a few players named. Why aren't they getting any minutes? And then when he does rotate, it's like, oh, what, you've got to play the same team. It's, it, can't, it doesn't seem like he can do any right. So yeah. I, I get the criticism from, from Europe, but it's just for me, it's just turned totally toxic now. And uh, if you look at it, as Ty was saying, Rangers were getting all, all the praise because um, I hadn't scored a goal, fair enough. Um, but now that that's gone, you know, it's Rangers still top of the table, but it's advantage Celtic now with, with the game in hand. So, and we've, we've scored more than, than anyone else. You, you know, the goal difference is exactly the same. We've conceded a few more, but by the same token, we've scored more. No, no one else in the league scored five goals. We've done it twice. Yeah. Uh, mm. So we're, we're putting the chances away. We're playing good football. Uh, once we're tightened up the back, we've just changed the 3-5 to the last three games. So, uh Chained up in East Coast to get get to know Ayer, Julian, uh, Elhamid better. But I think once that happens, you know that the the goals we're going to concede is going to dry up. And for me, Barcast has taken far more criticism than deserved. Um, right, actually, got actually gone through the actually gone through the whole team now. So <laughs> good 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 to hear from you, Jordan. Cheers. All Cheers, the, all the best. That's Cheers, Jordan, Jordan, a Celtic fan. Another Celtic fan is Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hey, then, guys, all right? Yeah, good man. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. What would you like um, to What would you like to say? Jordan kind of stole my stole my thunder a little bit there. Um, my point is kind of on the team selection as well. I've got a few points, but this is my kind of main one. You know, I feel like we're we're really suffering just now, not having a settled starting eleven. You know, I've been kind of crying out for us to play three five two all season because I think we played our best football um, kind of towards the end of last season. Uh, that and then when we signed Duffy as well, I thought brilliant. That's going to be the the kind of rock in the middle of the back three that we're going to we need to kind of kick on. But it seems to me that Lennon's got this thing that he just has to kind of tinker with the team every time. You know, he's dropping guys like like in Cham and he's dropping guys at uh, Frimpong when they've played really well as well. I know Frimpong played at the weekend and stuff, but you know he's kind of messing about with the the lineup. But I don't feel like he has to. You know, you look at Rangers, you know, barring any injuries, they know what their best team is. They know their starting lineup. You know, they, they've started most of the games this season with the same team near enough. You know, they've not been you know, not been conceding goals, for example. Um, you know, whereas we've kind of been leaking goals a little bit. Um it's not it's not as extreme as people seem to make out, but you know, for me it's that kind of big concern that we've got, I know Barry, you made a point there, you said about getting the, the three points is the main thing, it is, you know, I'll, I'll quite happily take three points, but for me that's more important for me towards the end of the season, when you're maybe a bit fatigued for a full season of football, you're kind of slogging out games, and that's when you need to kind of get the results over the line, but my issue just now is performances, you know, I feel like we're being hindered in that sense where we've not got a kind of settled back three, we've not got a settled attacking lineup. you know, Eddie and Ayeti, I think that'll be a great partnership up top, but We've only seen them play together once. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I just okay. want to get your thoughts on that. Okay, well let's get let's get Barry's thought. Too much too much tinkering, Barry. Bearing in mind it's it's been a total different season with COVID nineteen, different pre season. Um, obviously the windows open to to October, so the managers having to bring players in when the season's already started. I, I'm sure, but I'm positive that Neil Lennon will know his best eleven. There's no doubt about it. He just needs to make sure that they're a hundred percent ready to play and once they're all ready to play I don't think you'll see much um, tinkering with the, with the Celtic team um, barn an injury or a suspension um, but he's got big decisions I mean you look at that Celtic team that started against Livingston on Saturday then you look on at the bench mm. Yeah, there's five guys that could easily easily get in that starting 11 
So that's what you want. Uh, and uh, odds on Edward wasn't used at all. Yep. Yeah. And then you've got James Forrest, you've got Roger. I know he's been injured. You've got Turnbull, they've just signed for £3 million. Um, so th- there's a lot of quality there and there's a lot of competition for places. But I- I'm sure he'll know deep down what his strongest yeah. 11 is. And once they're all ready to go, I think you'll see it come the old fun game probably. And ultimately, you look at the league table, Si, and they're a point behind with the game in hand. Yeah, exactly. So, is that my mic? Uh, yeah, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> Good to hear from you. Um, but I, I think that's why we're seeing sort of mistakes for Ayer and, and guys like that. You know, you're in one week, you're out there. Ask anyone, nobody's ever played well being in one week and another. You know, anyone that goes on and has a good season is a guy that gets a run of games and that plays most games that season. My worry would be that come the Rangers game, does he know his best team, which is in two weeks' time? But I think ultimately over the course of the season, Celtic have got a better squad. You know, uh, Ryan's saying there about Rangers are playing the same team every week. But for me, that was a problem last year. Come January, it looked tired to me. You know, as I've said before on here, Tavernier ended up playing 50 odd games. And after January, I thought he, d- he didn't know what the same player he was at the start of the season. And a lot of Rangers players were like that. So, just now, yeah, a wee bit of worry that it's getting chopped and changed. But I think in the long run, it'll stand Celtic in good stead. See, the thing is, Celtic are not playing at their best. And they're still winning. They're still yeah. winning. Yeah, six, exactly. Six wins, one draw. Yeah. And that's what I was going back to. Sometimes you, it's not about how well you play. It's about getting the three points. And then obviously with the difference in pre-season and players, as I just mentioned, coming in at the start of the season and getting to know their teammates... Give it another two or three weeks and then they'll start to, to motor as all teams will. And yeah. you spoke about the, the transfer window. Well, there could still be some transfer action to come. Here's Neil Lennon talking about uh, Greg Taylor who took a knock on Saturday. And of course, there's not too much cover in that position. Yeah, I mean, he's only bona fide left-sided player we've really got, you know, and um, he had another good game, good assist, you know, good football for the second goal. So we'll see how he is, but he, he looks OK. You know, he was a bit ginger on at the half-time, but got through the game OK. Yeah, it seems like he's going to be OK, um, but Celtic do need to strengthen in that area, you feel, on that uh, left side. Ryan, thanks for your call. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Ryan. All the best to you, the Go Radio Football Show. And that phone number, get in touch with us, get involved. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. Thanks for your calls and keep them coming. Glasgow's own Go Radio. It's the football show, the football show. Livingston's Alan Forrest was with us earlier. We're going to be speaking to the Hibs midfielder, Stephen McGinn, the former St Mirren skipper. Uh, he's coming away shortly, as is the former Rangers defender, Craig Moore. What's he up to at the moment? Well, we're about to find out. We've been uh, talking Celtic with a couple of fans and hearing from Neil Lennon as well. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about Rangers as we were right at the top of the show. 2-2 at Easter Road against Hibs. Enough to keep Rangers at the top of the Premiership. But there's no Joe Arebo at the moment. He's out for a spell and the latest man on the casualty list is Kemar Roof. Yep, he's been sent for a scan. We originally thought it might have been a bit of tightness in his calf. He thought it was tightness in his calf. On assessment, it was looking that way. But something showed up, so he's going to be missing in the short term. That's a blow body, isn't it? Two of them missing. Yeah, it sure is. Ruth was starting to show a bit of form. He's starting to get minutes under his belt. He's starting to score a few goals. So that's a, that's a bad knock for the manager. I'm sure robbing the next... If it's clearer that they're going about for a number of weeks, I'm sure he'll, he'll dip into the transfer market. Um, Aribo's going about, I think it was 46 weeks. That's going to be a big miss, as I said. He was the one that 
again along with Ryan Kent that really impressed me a good start uh, to the season really good in pre-season games as well so I, I'm sure the manager will be keen to add one or two faces um, to that squad yeah we've got a couple of weeks to be yeah. still talking about mm. and under normal circumstances that would all be done and dusted by now we, everything would be sorted and we wouldn't have question marks but there are plenty of question marks and, and as Barry says without the creativity in attack of both Aribo and Roof I'm not sure how long Kemar Roof's going to be out for mm. but, but certainly Aribo for a good bit longer they, they are lacking in that area yeah, they're the two guys that kind of link your midfield and attack, aren't they? They're the ones that can get on the half turn and play forward. But I thought Arfield done well coming in. You really know, he, good. He really was that good. guy that was yeah. breaking into the box. I think the second goal is unbelievable. What a goal that is. But I didn't think Ryan Jack would be a big miss. But having seen the game Sunday, I think he is. You know, when that ball goes wide to to, to Boyle, with both Barisic and Tavernier in, in, in these instances, Ryan Jack's over to help him. I watched Glenn Kamara as a defensive midfielder. For me, he doesn't win the ball back enough. You know, if you're going to be in there, if Davis is going to be the one that's going to pass the ball, but you need to be the one that's going to go and win tackles and win the ball back. And I, I just think Kamara, I don't think, again, I don't think Kamara senses danger the way Jack does in that defensive midfield position. I don't know what you think, Barry. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. I, I like Kamara. I think mm. he's a good footballer. Um, I, I don't think he's at number six that's going to go and, and win the ball back. I, I can see where Rangers are missing Ryan Jack. It's clear. Yeah. I think Ryan Jack's come on as a player. Certainly since the, the managers come in um, And it shows you How much Rangers miss him uh, Been out injured um, Devils know that type of player either Devil will go and dictate um, A game of football So they are missing players But again sometimes That's up to the players That are uh, come into Ryan Jack's position To stand up and be counted yeah. and, and it is a clear miss um, that And with, with Eton as well I'm not, I'm not convinced I know he's only played a short amount of time But you just think if if no scoring Kamar Roof's not there he's a guy that can break in the box and score he just needs a goal si. yeah. he just needs something to hit off him and go in he looks if he's as you know like when a new striker comes to a, a club they need to get off the mark as quickly as possible when it drags on and drags on they start to the confidence starts to drain for them mm-hmm. um, so he, he looks if he is struggling a wee bit but I'm sure listen I'm, I'm sure the manager will I'll keep faith with him and, and keep giving him a, a chance as I say he just needs that tap in for a yard and I think hopefully he'll kick on Jack Roof and to miss Jack Roof and Aribo is, is massive isn't it yeah. three, three yeah. starters do you know what I mean a, a lot of yeah. that now falls on Kent Kent's the man and as you say as I thought Hibbs done a real good job on Sunday he, he forced them he was coming away deep at times deeper than the, the, the deep line midfielders to get the ball because um, he was becoming frustrated and that's where Roof and uh, like a Ryan Jack or an Arable can go and mm. take control of a game. So a lot's on Ryan Jack. Uh, sorry, Kent's shoulders just now. Um, yeah. But he showed glimpses again. I thought he is the he is the guy that will change something during the game. It was a point that keeps Rangers at the top of the Premiership. It was a point as well that keeps Hibs uh, just three points behind. Let's talk to Hibs midfielder, newly signed midfielder as well, Stephen McGinn. Stephen, how are you? Yeah, good, Rob. Thanks. What did you make of the performance and the the result yesterday, for from a a Hibs viewpoint? Yeah, um, they're really pleased with the performance. Um, in fact, before the game, you, you could feel with a genuine belief we could win the game. Um, we know Rangers are a really good side and they're really good at what they do, but we knew that if we could, if we played, we played well. If we played the front foot, we had the weapons that could hurt. Rangers as well and um, on the day our forward players were a real threat and the only disappointing was probably losing the goal the first goal when we did 
because our worst spell in the game was probably the start of the second half up until Rangers' second goal. Um, it looked as if that equalising goal just knocked us for six. And it how, wasn't until Rangers went ahead that we, we stepped up again. How did the move come about for you? Tell us how that how that happened. Obviously, long links with Jack Ross. Yeah, well, um, obviously, after everything going on, I was um, training myself and Jack had asked me just to come in and, and train with the boys and... Um, it, it was genuinely just to come in and train well from his viewpoint anyway I, I kind of thought it's a decent chance he knows what I can do if I can show him I'm anywhere near the levels I got to when I played for him at St Mirren that there was always this chance so um, absolutely loved my time in there and I've been in some strikes in the first year pre-season um, so and then when the chance came up to sign you know it, we, we did it on the day so uh, and I was delighted to be a part of yesterday Stephen, it's Ali here. It's been an exciting 12 months for you. You got married to Ashley, baby Hannah. It was, what, six months old now and a brand new job. It's been quite a whirlwind for you. Yeah, I, uh, all in amongst the national pandemic. So. <laughs> for sure. How is Hannah doing? Yeah, she's great. She had a bit, first bit of food today, so um, absolute mess. Carnage everywhere. <laughs> love that, love that. Did you enjoy being a captain at St Mirren? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, loved my time, you know, Jack actually made me captain my first week um, and um, bought me the championship so I didn't really have time to kind of take on the significance of um, captaining it at the time but looking back I was really proud of it and it was something um, I didn't see ending when it did So, uh, but really proud to captain the club I started out with and absolutely loved the whole second spell Stephen, it's Barry Ferguson here Hi Barry How you doing? Were you disappointed in the way it ended at St Mern? Yeah, I mean, um, probably, yeah, I, was, I got the operation done in January and I came back uh, feeling the best I'd felt um, for over a year. You know, I'd, with the circumstances in the first season in the Premier League, I ended up playing through a few injuries and ended up got it squared, squared up. And by the time I got to full training, it was then back into to lockdown. So, um, obviously... Obviously, I'd have an idea that the manager would want to change about the squad, but um, I'd have liked to, have, for, for everything that had gone on with St. Man, that opportunity, maybe try, try and earn a new deal. But it wasn't to be, and it's opened up a new door that I'm really excited about. Steve, it's uh, Sai. How you doing, Sai? You, do, you good, mate? Good, mate. Good. Just good. a quick question on the formation that he's played uh, Sunday. Uh, how how long did you work on that? Was that for Monday or was it was it Thursday that you told the boys we're going to play three five two? Because obviously you've not played uh, that much this year. Yeah, we um, obviously with Jamie Murphy not being allowed to play against Rangers, um, it, it kind of allowed that opportunity to, to change it up, and we did work on it from right at the start of the week. And it's something we felt that we, we could talk Rangers, um, isolate Martin Boyle out in the wide area against Barisic and try and. The, the fullbacks have been a massive part of what Rangers do and we felt that we could give them something else to think about with Martin Boyle out there um, in a kind of one-on-one battle and you know the, we wanted to get the two strikers in in the game um, a lot of teams just kind of went with the one up front but Justin Doidge and Kevin Nismet have been brilliant together in the games mm. that they've, they've played together and, and you kind of just when you've got that firepower especially at home like you just want to um, you want to get into that formation and the manager worked on it all week and you know what it's like sometimes a team that's not playing look like Barcelona but yeah. um, the boys carried out the plan to to, to perfection and we ended up changing to the 4-3-3 at 2-1 and we even stepped up again so 
Yeah, the manager was delighted with how it went. And he yeah, asked yeah. you, but sorry. Yeah, so I, I was just going to say the manager was delighted. In fact, here he is. Let's sorry. hear from uh, Jack Ross after match. I've got to be pleased with a lot of aspects of what the players produced today. We wanted to win the game, spoke about that beforehand, so we're not celebrating because of only drawing, but I think to produce that type of performance, because it is difficult. Rangers are a very good side in possession, make it very difficult for you. I think their second goal is an example of what they can do to you. Out of possession, you have to be incredibly disciplined and work really hard, and they did that and still carry a threat. Nobody scored against Rangers this season, so to do it twice, to enable ourselves to take something to the game, is, um, is terrific. Proud of the players in terms of what they produced today. Sorry, sorry. Jack Ross had to take uh, priority yeah, over you there. Understand? Is that okay. Yeah, no worries. Uh, just on your the best looking brother, Paul, because um, you know that because of that formation, he goes and plays centre half. Now I remember he signed for Hibs, and the tweet got put out, and Hibs fans were not happy. If I'm totally honest, but he's been absolutely outstanding for them, isn't he? Yeah, well, you know, you know what social media is like now. If yeah, you can have any, a negative reaction to everything, but um, I remember. As a dressing room, Paul, Paul came in from Partick Thistle and genuinely, I said, I touched on the point we struggled as a team. He was genuinely our best player. Um, he got every every vote in the player of the year the season before last and we were stunned as, in his dressing room when, the, when he was allowed to leave last January. Um, we, we were we were kind of banking on him as one of our main players. So if you take away the fact he's a brother, um, as someone that played with him and he was playing it, he was playing at this type of level for us for 18 months, so I wasn't surprised to see him take the jump and to how well he's done done doing it. He is a real good player, but he is good. I, I played him in Dundee, but I've been really oh. impressed with him. Um, Do you think he's gone under the radar for a long time in terms of how, just how he good did, he is? Yeah, and I don't think people realise how good he is. I mean, I've seen him a number of times this season, we obviously, with Hibs, and every time, I mean, he's Hibs. Most consistent player mm. for me. I, I thought someone had defend. I mean, he's good on the ball. He's comfy on the ball. He's he's got a great attitude. It obviously looks like and some he's defending. I mean, I think it was the towards the, the end of the second half. I think it was the four. Yeah, remember he came in and he showed a great piece of defending. But he's he's definitely impressed me every time I've seen him. Do you know, what know he does? He, he does he does the basics well. Yeah. And, that, and young kids, you know what I mean? Looking at somebody, that's what uh, Paul McGinn does. He does the basics. Well. But by the way, Jack Ross has absolutely bankrolled the McGinn family for years, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just, but I'm just gonna, it must be only a matter of time before Paul and Stephen clinch a move to Aston Villa to, to link up with John again, because that's St. Mirren that all three of you have played for now Hibs as well, isn't it? So I take it you're looking at houses in the Birmingham area quite <laughs> soon. Scout, maybe. <laughs> It's incredible how that's all worked out, though, isn't it? With the three of you following each other around. Yeah, well, as Sai says, football football is a game of opinions, and um, Jack, someone that trusts us completely. Um, sitting there, I, I hadn't played. A, I've not played since December, but if I had to go on for fifteen, twenty minutes, I'd go on with Phil Compton. So the manager trusts me. Um, so and he, and he did that with Paul. We had Paul um, when he was assistant manager at Dumbarton. And he's seen the potential in him, probably as a fellow right back. And um, it, I, I don't know if um, everyone that's worked with Jack will tell you that he, he has massive trust in his players, and uh, it's one of his main strengths as, as a manager. And uh, playing people that play for him tend to play near the top of their game because how much trust he put, puts in you. What's interesting at this stage of the season is always. There's quite often a club out with of Celtic and Rangers that have a really good start to the season, and then the question is, can you maintain it? Can you stay up there? Can you hang about in the at the top end of the of the Premiership and be a real factor? What What do you think, Stephen? Yeah, well, it's, um, we 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 want to be there. We want to be in that kind of reckoning. Um, 
from Monday when we got back in after St Martin, that was that was it packed and it was all about beating Rangers and it'll be the same when we went back in tomorrow. It'll be about going to Celtic Park and um, and trying to trying to beat them. Um, obviously, know how hard it's going to be, but uh, the, the manager's really insistent on. Do you know what I mean? Don't don't um, don't let the standards drop. Don't get oh, we've won a few games, right? Let's lose one. He says, let's go and do what Aberdeen have done for the last few years and consistently knock out wins and and see what it takes you. That's what I like about Hibs as well. Not, there has been games where they've not played particularly brilliant, but. Good players, good teams grind at wins. I'm really impressed with Jack Ross. How how high can he go, Stephen? Because I was a bit critical of him at Sunderland that he never got them up. But when you watch that documentary, you can kind of understand why. Um, obviously, that was a bit of a blow to him. But can he get back to the sort of levels like Championship, Premiership in England? Well, I, I'm biased because I have worked with him. But the documentary was good because it probably was privy to some of the conversations about some of the madness that was going on. <laughs> but if you spoke to any Sunderland players that worked with him... Um, I know they'll speak really highly of him, and genuinely, they were so close as well. I mean, they lost in the last minute in the playoff final. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like they kicked about mid-table, and when, when he actually got sacked, I think he had them like top four at the time. I think they were maybe sitting fourth or fifth in the league. It wasn't, it wasn't like they had a d- disastrous run of five, six, seven losses in a row. Um, so, I think I think it hurt them a bit the, the timing of it, and they kind of didn't feel, didn't feel deserved and. Um, but it's it's Hibs's gain, and we are getting the benefits of getting him back up here. And I'm sure he can go as far as as far as he can. And publicly, he's always said his dream job's a Scotland one, and and it's something you say, why not? Um, having worked with him, and then you can follow him in the Scotland squad. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, Stephen, good to talk to you, and we'll hear from you again soon. All the best. Cheers, Stephen. That's Hibs midfielder Stephen McGinn on the Go Radio Football Show. The news at six is coming up and looking for your calls as well on 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Another week of football shows is underway. Lots to talk about on the back of the weekend and we've uh, spoken plenty already. An hour still to come, best part of an hour at least. Wins at the weekend for Celtic and Dundee United and Kilmarnock and Ross County and Motherwell and that draw Easter Road yesterday between Hibs and Rangers. We've heard already on the show from Livingston winger Alan Forrest, that memorable uh, collector's item picture of Alan and James on the touchline about to come on in that Celtic Livingston game on Saturday. The Forrest family will have enjoyed that. We've heard from Stephen McGinn, the Hibs midfielder, newly signed from St Mirren, and he will play a key role, you would imagine, in the weeks and months to come for Jack Ross and Hibs. Craig Moore, the former Rangers defender, is on the way. It's Rob McLean, it's Ali Defoy, Barry Ferguson and Cy Ferry. And we're going to hear uh, now from... Scott Brown, the Celtic skipper, looking back, looking forward and reacting to something that we've spoken about a fair bit on this show in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Should he be rested now and again? Does he really have to play every game? It's up to the manager. As I say, at the start of the season, he picks starting 11 in the squad week in, week out. And sometimes he might think I need a rest. Sometimes he might think somebody else needs a rest. Odson had a rest at the weekend there because he's played a lot of games. He's been away with France and stuff like that. So yeah, that's up to the manager. And he picks the best team for that game, depending on everyone's forum, depending on how people are feeling, if people have got little niggles as well. So for me, I've got great respect for the manager. So whoever he, he picked, uh, we'll stand by him. 
it's up to the manager, but presumably it's also up to Scott Brown about whether he wants to be playing in every game, Si. Oh, he wants to play every game, Rob, believe me. Having been a young kid at Celtic when he was there, uh, Scott Brown trains like he's his, his last train, sorry, it's like he's his last game. You know, he's he's such a winner. And, you know, I, I've been one that's maybe said, maybe rest Scott Brown, but then I look at Ryan Jack's absence on on Sunday and I think, you know, the reason that the two wing-backs at Celtic can play so high is because Scott Brown's in the team. You know, you take him at the team, you maybe put Callum McGregor back one. And maybe on the ball, yeah, it moves a bit quicker. But defensively, I think Scott Brown does such a such a good job at the, to the naked eye, you don't see it. But see his positioning and, and the areas that he takes up and how he helps his wing-backs and how he helps his centre-backs. I think he's a massive loss. I think if you look at the stats when Scott Brown doesn't play for Celtic, they lose a lot more games than they do when, when he's in the team. So, yeah, OK... There's, there's calls to, to change it but he's just so important and I think his sort of the type of player he is they're a dying breed in the game and if you take that sort of the standards that he sets out of Celtic team Celtic are a lesser team for it and maybe Neil Lennon would be worried about Celtic without Scott yeah. Brown in there I mean when you think about it Barry how much energy does he burn up on, on an average weekend anyway because he reads the game so well he doesn't have to be charging about the place because he knows what's happening no he's a, he's an experienced player he's a clever player now Rob he's, he's totally changed his game for when he was in his, his 20s mm. um, he used to be bombing about everywhere but that, that will be a, a worry for Neil Lennon when he does take an influential player that's got Brown out the team who's there to carry that that can uh, I don't think there's anybody in that team at this moment in time that, that could do the similar job but no. that Scott Brown does because yeah, as I said it's not just about listen you, you might you might hardly touch the ball in a game but it's his influence on the pitch where making sure people are in the right positions and yeah. obviously getting on at people as well as, as Sai says I, I, I totally agree with him there I think it's a dying breed that there's proper leaders on a pitch you don't see a lot of leaders in teams nowadays and Cause that, that, was the, that was the player you were that was the captain you were as well. you you could grab people by yeah, the scruff of the neck yeah listen even when you're not playing you're not playing well yourself you've got to make sure that you're doing your job as, as captain and making sure everybody else is doing their job um, that, that that's the role as a, a captain is, is leading from the front and making sure that the, the team's in the right position going forward and then without the ball they're, they're all in their, their, their positions uh, defending so that's something that Scott Brown does and that's something that, that'll be a worry at the back of Neil Lennon's um, head just now as he got somebody who if he takes out the team can he replace him with I know Sai says Callum McGregor I don't think Callum McGregor's a number six no. or that sitting in front of that back three because you two want him playing further forward don't you yeah he's, listen he's a major influence on the Celtic team when he plays 15-20 yards further forward there's no doubt in my mind Sai I yeah. don't know if you, you think the same no, um, I think you're right, Barrett. And position. Cham can play that that role, but he's not defensively say, yeah. in the same mindset as Scott Brown. Um, but he could play there in terms of his technique on the ball and his range of passing. Mm. And Cham's probably the best at, at Celtic. But defensively, sometimes he, he wanders away and goes into areas where Scott Brown wouldn't. Um, so Scott Brown's that pivot for Celtic in the, the middle of the part. And as I says, that'll be one that Lenny will look and think, right, do you know what he is coming to the end of his career soon albeit I, I still think there's another year or two in him he, that is a position that they, they will need to strengthen and, so and because fit. it's the special season side as well that's that's another reason that, that Neil Lennon wouldn't want to be over tinkering in that area of the pitch um, because he knows what he's going to get from Scott Brown week in week out he knows that ultimately he can drag them across the finishing line yeah I mean for me he's Celtic's most influential player you know, as I say, you can play all the nice football you like, but if you didn't have guys in there that know how to win, Scott Brown's a serial winner. 
He's been doing it for nine years. He, he's been over the course of the season every time. There's no many seasons you can say, oh, Scott Brown played a bit part in that season. He's been there every game. He's been through the mill. He knows when times are tough, especially with Celtic, I think, when, when you're going through a tough patch in a game, Scott Brown will be the one that gets him through it. You know, I know that doesn't happen all the time, but as Barry says, you, you play against Scott Brown, and that's when you realise how good he is. You know, he's constantly talking, he's constantly demanding off people. When Celtic are attacking, he's the guy that's making sure everything's organised at the back. You know, I would like to see in Cham in that role, but as Barry's spot on and saying is, can you trust him to just sit there? You know, so many people that play that position do get dragged to the ball or they want to go forward because it seems easy. But Scott Brown's got that discipline where he knows, nah, I'll let McGregor and Cham go and take all the glory and I'll be the one that sits behind the ball and makes sure that, that, we, that we're sound at the back. So It's a disciplined position. Yeah. That that um, that role in a team, and I think it's a, a real important position because it lets all the forward-thinking players go. You've got your your back line, and then you've got somebody in the middle of the park who's dictating to everybody. And um, when you lose the ball, you know, screaming to get back into into their, their positions. It's so important, and as I said, it's a lot of teams are missing that nowadays. I think Ryan Jack is starting to get better. He's yeah. Sort of similar Devo's getting on a bit At Rangers And Ryan Jack Brings that sort of thing To Rangers Duffy Turnbull Ayeti Celtic have made some Significant signings In the last while There is Competition For places In what looks like A, a really strong squad now Certainly Scott Brown Thinks so Yeah that's the one thing The gaffer wanted to add He wanted to add some quality So that We could Rest players, you can chop and change, you can change formations as well. So uh, he's done that, he's brought in some great players. And the, the good thing is, um, we can play 3 5 2, we can play 4 3 3, 4 2 3 1, and we can just chop and play whatever we want to be perfectly honest during the game with the players that we have got in there because Odson can drop into a 10 nice and easy. He likes to play up top as well, but Albie's the one that's been holding the line. He's been holding the ball in and he's, he's been creating chances and scoring some great goals as well. So, you know, it's, it's great. Competition's huge and it's what pushes everybody on and that's what we need in the squad. It's so important when you're ahead, Barry, that you keep on building. And that's what Celtic are doing. And you look at Shane Duffy, that iron, tough presence at the back. Uh, we've still to see David Turnbull seriously featuring for Celtic, but we know we know his quality and we're really seeing what Albion and Ayeti can do up front, sometimes as on Saturday in the absence of Odson Edouard. So you can see that, that there are important pieces being put in that Celtic jigsaw. Yep, I think if you ask Neil Lennon, he'll be happy with the business he's done in the, the transfer window. I, I, I still think he won't another one or two players in Rob but he needed to sort that centre back area out he's certainly done it with an old school centre back in Shane Duffy um, he, he just knows how to defend the guy David Turnbull I think will be an excellent player in the future whether he gets in the now um, who knows but he, in time he will be a, a, a top player and a Yeti he's scoring goals um, again i seen it was only the highlights I watched again he, he lays that ball off and he, First thought yeah. in his mind is how quick can I get in that box? So that that for me is just a guy who's wanting to sniff out goals. Um, so the, the, the pass is perfect, isn't it? The, the pass means Christy. he doesn't have to break stride yeah. from from Christie. But again, it's it's just that in, in instinct in front of goal, isn't it? Because Robbie McCrory comes out quickly, makes himself big, but he just bends it around him. Yeah, I thought he was going to go around him. You know, it seemed this pace the goalie was coming out of Vieta goes around him, he brings him down. But the finish is unbelievable. The mm. last thing I expected him to do was chip it. Mm. You know, I thought he'd either go underneath him or go around him, but. Again, every time the ball comes in the box, you fancy yet to score. You know, I don't think Edward's that type. You know, when the ball falls to him in the box, I expect him to take a touch and maybe try to set somebody. Whereas it's a Yeti, it's, it's, it's getting hit straight away. 
I'd be surprised to know how many goals has he scored first time shots. You know, they think mm. of the one last week, it was a left foot volley straight away. He doesn't hang about, does no, he? No, he takes he takes it first time and I love strikers like that. You know, the strikers that I've played with. Hit it early. Hit it early. Goalkeepers don't like it. it. They, they don't like it. You, you, that that's what the biggest thing that's jumped out of me as well, Will. Um he knows where the goal's in. He doesn't even need to look. Yeah. He knows where the goal is. And I I think he's looking the part. Um, I didn't know too much about him if I'm being honest with you it was a lot of money they spent on him mm. 5 million quid but M- remember we asked Frank McAvenny and he knew nothing about no, him no he knew nothing and he watches <laughs> West Ham every single week <laughs> but, but also but helps the wide players as well doesn't it? just knowing that you've got somebody that will be uh, between the posts yeah, but again it's like James Forrest or whoever's out Fringpong whoever's out in the wide area they, they don't even need to look up they just need to get to the byline whip it in and know that he'll be in that, in that box that, that's a great thing to have not just for wide players for midfielders as well yeah. the guy just wants to be in the box and if a striker's in the box he's got a chance of scoring a goal to get a striker sorry bro to get a goal scorer for 5 million quid in this, this day and age is, is amazing business for Celtic unbelievable you know what was Kamala 3 million and Ayete yeah. for me looks 2 and 3 times and the player he, Kamala and he also looks like a player who'll score in the European games the big games if, if Celtic can continue to make progress get to the group stages find some serious opposition in Europe I mean, he just he just looks a goal scorer at whatever level. Yeah, well, he's done it with Basel, hasn't he? Yeah. I think he scored in European football with Basel. So as I say, to get a guy that scored goals in Europe, and West Ham have paid a lot of money for him, to get him for five million quid is, is an unreal bit of business. You know, you paid three million for Turnbull, who's who's not t- tested at that level. Yeah, and and I think it's great business for Celtic. Yet he looks like a Celtic centre forward for me. It's good to hear from Scott Brown. Let's hear from the Celtic skipper now on the Celtic mentality, which probably came through on Saturday. Nope, they weren't at their best, but they still won. It's just about us trying to win as many games as we possibly can. We go into every game wanting to win and wanting to keep a clean sheet. Sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes somebody scores a screamer or uh, sometimes there's a slight error. But uh, it's about how you bounce back and the lads bounced back really, really well. And we went 1-0 down and we've came into the game. We've played some great football and we've had a few chances as well and scored some great goals. So it shows you that the lads have got that winning mentality. It's the mentality, Barry, that comes from the winning habit. You know all about it. You had spells at Rangers where you just won all the time and you, you just... However you did it, even in the games where things weren't going according to plan, and obviously Celtic were a goal down, and then Livingston scored late to make it 3-2, and suddenly you're getting a bit twitchy. But it's all about winning. The key to a successful team, Rob, is when you're not playing at the top of your game, you're winning football matches. Whether that's 2-1, 3 2-1, 3-2, 1-0, whatever. The most important thing is you win. It's a bonus if you play really well, but teams that are successful know how to win games of football when they're not at the top of their game and again I, I don't think Celtic have hit top form um, yet Rangers have been really good the, 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 they've had a stumbling block at the weekend we've drawn um, two each against Tibbs then we need to see how they react to that and I'm I'm hopeful it'll be a positive one but listen it's all about winning and the caller says that, oh he would rather see his team play well play well no I think the most important thing is getting to three points playing well is a bonus for me and Celtic's domestic domination side hasn't happened by accident. No, and that's why they've won. They've won so many leagues, you know. And that would—that's that, your question for Rangers. You know, that's probably what let Rangers down last year. Uh, and you're looking at Rangers squad this year, and you're thinking, are the additions going to change that? For me, Roof doesn't seem that type of player. Itton doesn't seem that type of player. So that'd be my one concern about Rangers. Have Rangers got players in the dressing room like your Scott Browns, like your Shane Duffy, who've been there over the course of the season, know how to win? And uh, they players are massive. Callum McGregor's one serial winner. James Forrester serial winners. These guys get criticised every week, but they block it out and they go out and they do their job. And that's why they win leagues. 
on Celtic go Barry to Riga then on, on Thursday do you expect them to get through that one with a minimum of fuss yeah I, I think if you look at the, the fixtures Rob I think listen there's no easy game in Europe listen it's always tough when you go away I think it's an Astro turf pitch they'll actually play on I think I played over there um, with the national team it's, it's not the best of surfaces but Celtic should have enough quality to get through that with, with no problems Good football chat as ever with Barry Ferguson and with Cy Ferry, Rob McLean, Ali Defoy in the studio and you can get involved as well on the usual number 0808 17 17 700. It's Go Radio Glasgow's own and it's the football show. Get yourself involved. Join us on 0808 17 17 700 87474 on the texts and you text Go on your message to that and on the socials at Go Football Show. We're looking ahead to those European matches not far away now on, on Thursday night for Celtic, Motherwell, Rangers and Aberdeen and obviously looking back on the, the weekend Football, some big results and some big talking points as well. And it seems as if uh, Scott McKenna is on the way out at Aberdeen. Uh, a deal about to be done, it seems, with uh, Nottingham Forest. And uh, let's hear from the Aberdeen manager, Derek McInnes. McKenna's transfer, we think it will go through. Nothing really more to tell. Um, you know, I think um, maybe the clubs are probably agreed a fee by now and, and uh, might be... Um, maybe personal terms, medical, I don't know. But I think certainly it looks as if it's, it's going to happen for the big fella. It's going to be interesting to see how much Aberdeen get for, uh, for Scott McKenna. But, you, you know, you, you almost sense there from, from Derek McInnes that, that he's pretty happy with, with the price they're getting offered. Yeah, and I think if they do get that price, then I, I think they would need to get somebody in. What do you think the price? Would it be three million? Yeah, I would think so, about three million. Which surprises me with Nottingham Forest, because I watched a lot of Nottingham Forest last year because I like the manager, Lamucci. Very much a, a team that play it for the back. So I don't know how the big man's going to cope. You know, Warrell plays there for, for Nottingham Forest mm-hmm. just now. He plays on the left uh, left centre half. So I don't know if, if I'll shoot Scott McKenna going down uh, there he, and being asked to play it for the back. But he likes one thing, defending. Yeah, he's aggressive. McKenna likes he? defending. I don't yeah. think he's the type that will get the ball for the goalkeeper and start uh, passages of playoff. He's a kind of old fashioned centre yeah, half, isn't he? He, he? he likes the ball up near to go and attack. Um, as you say, I've seen Nottingham Forest a few times and they do like to get the ball down and play. Um, so I don't know whether that will suit them, but three or four million quid, it's, it's a lot of money. It'll help Aberdeen because they've yeah, obviously been open about yeah. that they've been struggling a bit, so that'll obviously help the finances there. And it's um, Obviously, Scott McKenna wants to go to the, the next level mm. down to the Championship. It's a yeah. tough league, but the Championship. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what happens next because, yes, they, they do have defenders in place like, like Tommy Hoban and Andy Considine. Uh, Ash Taylor was, uh, well, I think the idea was to give him the whole match yesterday uh, with a view to the European game on Thursday night. He was hooked at half-time. Um, Ross McCrory ended up in the second half playing in the, in the back three. Uh, no, sorry, Ross McCrory started in the back three and then he was moved into the middle of midfield. And, and when he's not in the middle of midfield, they, they miss him. So... Do Aberdeen need to sign another centre back side? That's my worry, Rob. That, that Dell sees that and goes and plays McCrory centre back because I, I'm enjoying him playing the centre centre of the pitch. You know, I've spoken about it on here before a young centre midfielder that doesn't want to just sit and pass the ball sideways and backwards. He actually wants to tackle. Similar to Scott Brown, you know, he, he takes up some great positions when he's played because he's got a defensive mind. He takes up great positions. I think he really helps that back three when he's in front of them. But then he's also got it in him. I think no, I'm not just. 
a 21 year old guy that's going to sit here I'm going to break into the box I can score goals and I think he's just got so much more to his game than just being a centre half if you look at Scott McKenna he's only ever a centre half when you look at Ross McCrory for me I think he's got more to his game than just I, going ahead and kicking it I've got to agree with you I think Ross McCrory's a central midfielder mm. um, certainly since he's went to Aberdeen I mean we've seen him the Hibs game I thought he was outstanding uh, the game after that I think he scored a, a goal who was it against? against Kilmarnock Kilmarnock again another good game Viking um, yeah. I just think he looks comfy in there yeah. I think um, I think McCrory and, and Lewis complement each other as well I think it's a good partnership Yeah. and I, I like the fact that McCrory yep he's a sitting midfielder but he also realises there is a time and a place to go forward and he's done that with getting a few goals of late and I think Derek will be very conscious about mucking him about and mucking the team about as well by using him in too too many different areas. I mean, he was right wing back in, in Norway last Thursday. Then he was back in the back three. Then he was shuttled back yeah. into central midfield again. And and I, I don't think there's much doubt that's that's where he does his best work. But I think defensively now will be the be the worry. A real strong man centre back has gone and, and Aberdeen will need to be very strong in that area come Thursday. Definitely. I think that's what Derek's team are based on, being well organised, being good at defending. Hard to beat first and foremost, then if we can go and play that secondary. But McKenna for three million is good, but who who do you go and sign? Who do Aberdeen go and get for three million? Who wants three million to come and play for Aberdeen? You know, so it's going maybe, to be. What, what about a youngster on loan from a top team in England? Maybe I was yeah, just I about to say that. Was the same, he was a Watford on loan, wasn't he? Then he signed permanent. Yeah. Yep, I think it'll be the loan market. I think Aberdeen need that that cash coming in for McKenna. Yeah. But I'm sure they'll allow him to go out and, and loan. D- Dell's record of getting players in is, is pretty good. Yeah. As we know, he needs to rebuild every single summer up at Aberdeen. But as you said, Barry, they're, they're, they've been leaking money and very transparent about it, hand over fist, really week to week Aberdeen. So so that, that fee is going to go directly to, to the bank. Yeah, but isn't I don't it? think Dell will get any of that money, but I'm sure they'll allow him with McKenna's wages to go and, and maybe get a loan signing, as you say, Rob, for maybe the Premier League or the Championship down south. While we're on the subject uh, then of uh, McKenna and Aberdeen, let's look back on that amazing game yesterday at Pataudry. What a win it was for Motherwell. We're going to be hearing from uh, Stephen Robinson all about that. But talking Aberdeen, this was uh, the McInnes reaction. Motherwell thoroughly deserved the win. I thought the hungrier team won. Um, you know, I thought they uh, came up, uh, worked hard right from the outset um, to put us under pressure. I thought we made... Um, uncharacteristic mistakes and a lot of it was self-inflicted so Motherwell thoroughly deserved the win I thought they were good today I thought they worked extremely hard for the result um, and uh, we were so far away from the, the standards would say Well it was an absolute nightmare from an Aberdeen point of view but for Motherwell what a performance Re- looked a really good unit um, Alan Campbell was just a bit wow. smoking a cigar he was on the, he was on the show la- last week and, uh, and he was dominating uh, in that midfield area but, the, but they just looked an all-round good team and, the, and suddenly they've won four out of five Again, we go back to it. It's managers making all these changes. You know, you look at Motherwell, get a decent result, 2-2 during the week. Aberdeen get a better result, winning 2-0. And, and for me, it's a no-brainer. You know, you played during the week, but just go and play the same team again. At the weekend, he makes four changes. I think Motherwell only made one. And I think the difference now in Motherwell is they've got a settled side. He knows his side, the players know each other now. And Motherwell looked like a right good outfit. The outfit we expected them to be at the start of the season. And, and, and losing David Turnbull has ended up turning out well for them. Okay, we'll talk uh, more about Motherwell and we'll hear from Stephen Robinson a little bit later in the show and they're well worth uh, hearing about as well because it was uh, it was some performance. Um, by the way, tomorrow night we will be hearing from 
a serious Scotland legend, Kenny Dalgleish, wow. is on the Go Radio Football Show tomorrow night. So if there's something you'd like to ask Kenny, King Kenny, then get in touch with us on the usual number 0708081717700. Here's a Rangers legend for you, Craig Moore is on the line. Hi, Craig. How are you? You okay? Yeah, very well, thank you. Uh, two spells at Rangers, uh, of course, 94 to 98, 99 to 2005. Can you believe it's 15 years ago that you left Rangers? But I'm feeling, I'm feeling old now. <laughs> um, no, no, it's a, it's a lot. It's a long time ago, but uh, uh, look, fantastic times and, and, and memories. Uh, it's a great opportunity to, to start at Rangers, um, and, and they give me the opportunity to have a professional career. So happy days. You, you you were in Australia for a long time, but uh, I gather you're back. I am back. I am back. I'm coming back to well, I'm I'm back in Scotland now. I'm looking to, um, uh, I guess, rebuild. There's there's not a great deal happening in Australian football, unfortunately, at this moment in time. So looking to come back and uh, get into the football agency game and recruit players and recruit coaches. Buddy, are you there? Yes, uh, I'm there. Uh, an agent. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so look, coming back to what I know, in, in all fairness, like I said, I was I was very fortunate to to be given a wonderful opportunity here in Scotland uh, as as a young lad, and it's just what I know. So I, I feel really comfortable here. Oz, are you going to base yourself back here now? Is that you back for the foreseeable future and uh, see if it can it can kick off in the agency side then? It is, Buzz. I mean, like I said, I mean the, the football in Australia at the moment. There's a lot of challenges. Uh, we're not sure when the season's going to start again next year, uh, and it will be next year. So, um, uh, look, uh, football, uh, since I've been back, like, day in, day out, you know, radio programs like you guys are on today, television programs, front news page, uh, sorry, front news uh, of newspapers. So, yeah, no, I'm back here, uh, and I'm back here for the foreseeable future. You've got great experience, Craig, as well, haven't you, across the game, because you've done the playing, you've done the coaching, you were two years, I think, technical director with Brisbane Roar, you've, you've done the agency yeah. side of things as well. So you've now built up a pretty broad experience, haven't you? I have, and, and look, that never, ever stops in football. Um, but as you, you and I yourself, it's like uh, networks are, are the most important thing because that's what uh, creates the, the opportunities uh, moving forward. So, look, Fantastic to be back. Yeah, look, I've experienced a, a lot of different areas. Uh, the, the, the sporting director role at Brisbane Raw. Prior to that, the, the mentoring with the, the Football Federation of Australia. And on the back of that, obviously, the career that I had here uh, in, the U, in the UK and, and Scotland, in particular Rangers. So looking to build on, on the back of that and, and hopefully go on and, and recruit some, some nice players and, and, more importantly, some nice coaches that can go on to bigger and better things. When you think back to Rangers, Craig, uh, what are the moments that make your eyes light up? Ah, I mean, it was certainly different times. We were winning trophies back then. Um, you know, so, ah, look, I mean, come, come to, to a fantastic football club, uh, met some, some wonderful people, uh, um, you know, and, and those are the kind of things that the club are looking to try and get back to. Uh, I understand that. This is a massive year, a massive year, but... Um, yeah, no. Look, I think I think just this is this was the country that it's really close to my heart. You know, it gave me the, the opportunity to be a professional. I met a lot of wonderful people. Uh, I've kept in contact with a lot of wonderful people. Um, so just delighted to be back and and really keeping a close eye on, on things how they go. And this season will be very exciting, no doubt. Craig, it's Ali here. You've uh, seen you've been keeping an eye. Is there anybody that you've got an eye on at the moment that you would like to manage? Is there anyone 
um, really standing out for you? Ah, well, look, I mean, I, I touched on obviously Barry Ferguson because I think he, he might have a, he might have a future. Not sure about that. No, but in terms of players, like Ali, I'm, I'm, Australia's gone through a really um, difficult time, but what might be a, a big opportunity, I don't think uh, Europe actually understand the opportunity that may present itself um, in Australia. There's a lot of uh, doubt about what the future looks like. There's a lot of controversy over about the broadcast deal. There's a lot of debate around about the player contracts, but it might actually leave uh, a big opportunity for um, recruitment and, and for players to potentially get out. There's one player that I really, really like uh, in Australia, uh, and I think he'll go on to a decent level, is Riley McGree. He plays at Adelaide United. Um, I think he'd be a great investment for any football club in Europe. Uh, you-, do you know, it's quite interesting that St Mirren have just got an alliance with a team in Australia to do exchanges and things, so it's funny you've said that. Yeah, no, and you know what's also funny, Ali, is that... Um, I think I've got a little bit of experience and we, we have a lot of people that talk about Australian football and want to be involved in Australian football. Yeah, I've not had too many people that have found myself to actually ask for a bit of background on it. Craig, how are you doing? It's safe out of here. Say, how are you, son? I'm good, thanks. Uh, I just want to ask you, because I remember you playing no-nonsense defender. How would you have coped in the modern day now when you see players playing out for the back? I mean, for me, the art of defending's totally gone. I mean, I would like to think so that I, I could play out from the back. Um, but um, in terms of the, you know, the, the, the actual defensive duties, I mean, look, the game's changed. I, I think there's been a massive focus on can defenders in particular you're talking about, can they play out from the back? But I think we've lost a little bit in terms of, you know, first and foremost, can they actually defend? Yeah. I mean, playing out, playing out from the back, for me, that's, that's stock standard. That's a given. If you're, not a, if you're a defender and you can't play out from the back, and you shouldn't be playing anyway. Yeah. Is it fair to say you like to tackle, Craig? I didn't mind one. Oh, you love <laughs> I loved that tackle. Did he boot you in training? Uh, he'd, boot any, uh, he'd boot his gran. That's uh, the type of defender. No, he, listen, that's what, uh, first and foremost, Oz knew how to defend, but a lot of people, listen, he knew how to play the game as well. He could mm. get the ball down and play, but as a defender, knowing that he's behind you, you know you're in safe hands. Did you see the Rangers the Hibs second goal yesterday, Craig? Yes, I did. So yes, I did. That's my point. Like, with Goldson there trying to play a wee cute one on the corner, for you, would that be in Rosette if it was you? No, look, I've been sucked into that one as well, though, like trying to trying to be a little bit clever. Uh, and Goldson, look, he, he was trying to be uh, a little bit clever and, and unfortunately, you know, he didn't clear his lines and, and, and Rangers got caught out. It happens, but um, with what's at stake this season and the amount of opportunities or... Or, or you know, you can't afford too many slips this season because uh, it'll get away for you very, very quickly. Uh, look, he, he, he done. He had, he had a shaky five minutes after that. So again, character. How do you bounce back? Uh, and that's important. But second goal wasn't great, was it? Uh, no. To concede for, I mean, Stephen Jetta was uh, clearly uh, you know disappointed after the game in the two goals that, that the Rangers did lose on the back of you know uh, a really good defensive record so far this season. Have you seen enough, Craig, so far to make a judgment on whether you think Rangers can do what they want to do, which is stop Celtic getting to ten? Ah, look, I've seen I've seen bits and pieces. Obviously, I'll take a lot more. Uh, I'll get a lot more opportunity to, to to see close hand now. But I mean, look, it, it's about depth. I think you know Rangers show that they they can match Celtic. 
and, and probably the last season or two have been able to, but it's more about the, the depth of the squad uh, and the lack of consistency, and then more importantly, after Christmas, uh, what's, what's actually hurt uh, Glasgow Rangers. But, yeah, you know, it's like, um, no, it's, 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 a, it's a difficult one. I think that the goals that they get from midfield, you know, are fueled outside of that. I don't really see goals in midfield. Um, whether whether they manage to keep a hold of uh, Morelos, look, who knows? But they need they need depth to that squad. You know, I'm, I'm Baz. You you would be able to comment here. I mean, we had back in our day, it was it wasn't relying on one striker. It was it was two, three, four strikers at a at a contribution of many, many, many goals. And I think Rangers have been heavy reliant on uh, Morelos for for the last two seasons and I think they need more to, to, to win the league this season Yeah we, we've been speaking about it on the show that, that that's something that they, they need to add they need to add a, a midfielder or two who can get that 12 or 15 goals as, goals. as we says it's a rely on Morelos and um, Ken, I, I think goals need to come from all over the place not just not just the midfielders but also if they set pieces for the defenders and, that, and that's well, sort of, it's, been, it's been kind of exacerbated at the moment as well with injuries because Joe Aribo, who's been really creative and yeah. he, he started the season really well, Craig, and, and also we've just been speaking about the fact that Kemar Roof's got an injury. We're not quite sure how long he's going to be out for. He's, he's somebody who can make things happen in those sort of attacking areas as well. So, so maybe there is more transfer action to come because we've still got two weeks left of the, of the transfer window. And I think I think Rangers have left the door open, haven't they? Uh, but I, look, I, kind of what, from what I've seen in a, in a very quick snapshot, I look at the likes of Barty, I look at the likes of George Alberts, I look at I look at players that um, that you know during my time that added goals to to strikers that were scoring regular, and and Arfield is the the goal scoring uh, influence from midfield at Rangers. But I think we need somebody else, and I think we need more goals in that area that I think will be the difference from having a, a close season to potentially winning the season, which is most important for Rangers fans this season. You've been part, obviously, of a, of a Rangers nine-in-a-row team, so you can relate to what Celtic are going through at the moment, the, just the pressure of, uh, of getting the job done. Yeah, no, look, very much so. I think, um, you know, the, the 10-in-a-row season uh, when I was involved at, at Rangers was, uh, I wasn't really thought about too much until, I think, uh, Walter Smith halfway through the season. I think I think he mentioned that um, he, he was going to be leaving, and and for whatever reason, one thing leads to the next. And uh, in football, things can change very very quickly. And all of a sudden, from having a a good headspace and and really a, a a great mentality and 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 having great confidence, it can turn. It can turn, and it did. It did turn that that, that particular season. So you know, there's a lot to, there's a lot to play out, but I think there's a lot of pressure. Uh, not so much on uh, the Rangers supporters want uh, Rangers to, to be able to stop history, I guess. But uh, the Celtic supporters and the Celtic players, there'll be a, there'll be a few sort of like ups and, and downs in terms of what's going to happen this season. It's just whether or not Rangers are good enough to capitalise. Craig, big question now you're home. Are you and Barry going to start up Shandy Club again? <laughs> Shandy, sh- Shandy time, eh? By the way, eh, sorry, that, that was they were, they, were, they were great days there. Yeah. I, I would like to think that. Uh, no, but Barry's he's working hard. I know I know his job. I know what he's doing at, at Kelty. So um, I'll I'll behave myself. I'll behave myself. Just try and tap up his best players. <laughs> right, I'm we... available this Sunday for a couple of pints. <laughs> oh, brilliant! 
Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> Craig, we've just recorded you saying I'm going to behave myself, behave myself. So we'll play that back to you when it all goes horribly wrong. Um, oh, mate. Oh, no, 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 no doubt. No doubt. Monday morning. <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, you've, you've played football all around the world. You, you've played in Australia. You've played in England with Crystal Palace and Newcastle. Uh, you played in Germany with Borussia Mönchengladbach as well. Obviously, two spells with Rangers. Did you ever come across a player in your time on the pitch who moaned as much as Barry Ferguson does come on Rob <laughs> no I think well to be fair it must be the Ferguson I mean Ian Ferguson uh, early doors when I was a young lad coming through uh, at the Rangers um, he, moaned, he moaned like you wouldn't believe and, and Barry obviously probably yeah, I think the baton was, was passed on but I mean Barry had unbelievable quality he was, a, he was a fantastic player he was a great leader at the football club so we had some great times we were great mates we still are great mates and I, uh, I can't wait to enjoy maybe, Buzz, maybe a sneaky glass of red. Anytime. I'm available anytime. <laughs> I, I as long as they're <laughs> organic. I don't, think sneakies, I don't think sneakies are required, Craig, to be honest. <laughs> but that, listen, really good to hear from you. Now you're back in Scotland. Uh, hopefully we'll uh, chat to you again soon and good luck in your new venture. I look forward to it. Well done, guys. Keep it up. Top man, noise. Cheers. Cheers, Craig. All the best, Craig Moore, uh, former Rangers defender. And we've got Rangers fan up next, Colin from Bathgate. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Well, we've had some great football chat tonight. Just a normal night, really, on Go Radio. The football show between 5 and 7, Monday to Friday. We had Alan Forrest, the Livingston winger, earlier on talking to us. We had Hibs midfielder Stephen McGinn. And we've just been hearing there from uh, a Rangers legend, Craig Moore, who is back in the country, beware. And uh, a glass of red could well be on the cards, although he probably he knows, doesn't he, Barry, that you don't accept any old muck. It's got to be a quality red. Yeah, it's got to be organic. Organic, <laughs> these guys have he's tasted changed, it. He's for Hamilton, he's talking about organic wine. <laughs> Orga- organic is the, is the way <laughs> ahead. Okay, let's hear from Colin from Bathgate, who's a Rangers fan. Hi, Colin. Hi there, how are you doing? Very well. What would you like to say? Uh, well, I was just listening to the, the points of the guys, and although they're, they're fairly valid, I was actually want to disagree on a couple of things. Go for it then. Yes, Colin, love that. Um, it was actually, you're saying that Rangers need to add goals from midfield. Now, I understand your point, but at the same time, Ryan Kent started amazingly well. I don't think he's like an out-and-out striker. I think Scott Arfields came in and scored 2-2 two and two or 2-3, two and three. and if you look at Arfield's record at Rangers, he, he almost averages a goal one in every three games, so... And he makes those runs, which which means that he gets beyond the strikers. He gets in really good positions. I know he missed a really, really good chance yesterday. Um, but at the same time, he's making those runs for that kind of player that I think you're saying Rangers need. I don't think Rangers need that. I personally think that Rangers need somebody that can do the real, real dirty side of the game. And, you know, protect the back four a lot better than maybe Camaro or even Davis, because they're nice, tidy football players. Ryan but, Jack not do that, Colin. Ryan Jack does do that, but at the same time, he's one player. I don't believe there's anybody like Ryan Jack. Obviously, he's got an injury just now. Mm-hmm. I think that they really need to beefen up the midfield with maybe a little bit of strength. And I don't want to say brute force because obviously that gets you in trouble in a lot of games. But, I, you know, Barry Ferguson will probably know what I mean. You know, playing in, in that role, you know, not that he was a brute force player, he was a really good passer, very good technically, etc. But, you know, I think he'll appreciate what maybe Rangers need. And I just think that we've maybe gone a bit too far saying Rangers need a player from midfield to score goals. I think they've got it, to be honest. Barry, uh, Barry, what do you reckon? 
No, I, I honestly, I, I disagree. I, I think they do need somebody. I know Arfield, but I don't think Arfield is a starter. Is a starter for the manager. Mm. I, I think sure. Arfield. I've got to be honest with you. I thought yesterday Arfield was a top man for Rangers. Um, I like when Arfield yeah. doesn't get too involved in the play. Once it hits that final third, you seen with the second goal. I, th- I thought the second goal was a, a touch of class. Brilliant. It was fantastic, yeah. and that's what Arfield can bring, and that's what Arfield's done all his career. Um, but I, I don't think he's. A, a number one starter for the manager so that's the reason Colin that I think we do need somebody in that position because I don't think Arfield is the man that I think the manager w- wants in that area Yeah, I do agree with Colin though. I, I made the point earlier in the show Colin that I agree I didn't think Jack would be as big a miss as he was watching Sunday you know I agree I didn't think Glenn Kamara does the, the dirty side of the game um, anywhere near enough for a, for a sitting midfield player at Rangers but the fact that Stephen Gerrard's trying to get Daniel Johnson would let you think that he he agrees with us that Rangers do need that guy that can get goals from midfield. You know, I think a lot will will do as well. Is is um, is Ruth going to play up front? If he is, then you need another midfielder for me. But because um, Eton's not going to score goals, I don't think. You know, if Defoe's back and Defoe's his backup striker, then if Ruth does move into the number ten position, I can see Colin's point. You know, I think they should have enough because I think Ruth can be that guy that can get you twelve to fifteen a season for number ten. And presumably Scott Scott Arfield stays in the stays in the team right now because of what he's doing, Barry. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've always rated Scott Arfield. Uh, as I said, I don't like Scott Arfield when he sits in with Ryan Jack. Mm. I mean, I, I know Rangers changed it towards the end and brought in, uh, brought on a, a couple of forward-thinking players. Arfield then went back into that kind of holding role. I don't like him there. No. I'll be honest with you, I think if you ask Scott Arfield himself, he's suited to not being involved in play that much. Yeah. But once it gets in that final third or round about the box... Scott, Scott Arfield's always there He's a classy he's, operator isn't he Yeah I, I, Again as I said he, he goes unnoticed at times in games But I, That for me That performance he gave yesterday Is saying Listen I want to play yeah. I'm good enough to play in this team And personally if you ask me I think he is good enough Scott Arfield mm. Yeah Just a quickie with you Colin Before you go uh, What about Willem Tway On Thursday How do you think that's going to go Sorry I was just going to say as well the, you know, to the to the panel. Do, do you not think Rangers sometimes are a touch too nice in the way that they they play? You know, there's not you know there's not as much aggression. I, I think a lot of it is possession based football, which is great. Mm. Um, but I just think that they there's something about them that needs to toughen up. And I've said that for the last two years um, under Gerard. I mean, I'm a massive Gerard fan. Love what he's doing with the club, and he is the man to take us. What about this, Colin? Could uh, could Ross McCrone have done that job that that Ryan Jack does? You know, if you're um, wanting somebody to put tackles and win the ball back, play simple. Essence, but, but in my opinion, Lewis Ferguson is the, the person for that job. That's just my opinion. But, um, you know, I think he's box to box. He's, he's got that kind of... Nasty side to him, yeah. Streak, but he's got something there that's aggressive that Rangers don't have. I mean, you know, I think uh, Ryan Jack can be aggressive, but in a very different way. That's just, that's just what I'm thinking. I think in terms of aggression, Colin, I think that the way that Rangers play, like a possession-based way, a lot of quick passing and interchanging I think that's the manager style of play I don't think you'll go away from that um, I can see your point physically if you come up against a real strong team we might get overrun at times but I think the way that the manager um, sets his team out and the way that Rangers have set out this season I, I'm with you I think it's great to watch in the eye but sometimes you need a physical side to you 
Colin, sure. thanks for your call. Good to hear from you. That's Colin from Bathgate. I want to hear from uh, Stephen Robinson before we go to the Motherwell manager because what a result that was for them yesterday at Pitodri 3-0. And it looks as if they've really turned the corner. I thought it was a really good team performance. Um, the difference between early on in the season and, and that performance was how clinical we were. You know, we created chances, we took them, and I thought we managed the game really, really well today. You know, in in our shape, we we've worked on it a lot, dropping in, letting people have the ball instead of us always always trying to take the game to other people. And we've got players that hurt people on the break. So some terrific performances. You know, we've we've managed to win four out of five quietly and got on with our job. And the only game we've lost is at Celtic Park in the last five. That's interesting, isn't it? A change of tactic from whether we're letting, for instance, Aberdeen yesterday have more of the ball. Yeah, and I think they've done the same against St Johnston, didn't they? I think they only had 40% of possession. So, And again, for me, that's coaching. That's managing. Stephen Robinson's identified something that, that, that's not been right this year. He's watched the games back and he's thinking, right, this is not working for us, so I need to change it. And he's been brave enough, he's left people out, and he's now got a settled side. You know, I like Polworth, as I've said, and, and I think the fact that, that Turnbull's left has really brought Alan Campbell's game on. I think Alan Campbell's been a real driving force in their team. And I always think if you're going to do well, you need a strong spine in your team. And if you look at Gallagher, um, Campbell, and and I like Tony in, in long up front. I think they're a real handful for people. You know, I think Tony's better than a two. I think he's better when people are flicking it on and Tony's running in behind. Um, and I think that settled side that, that Motherwell have got now, I think they could go on a right good run. I mean, a lot of people go on about Polworth, who I, I think's a very good player, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I like him. And, and Campbell, again, the last two or three weeks, he's just. He's went on to the next level again. I think he can go on to a, a, a bigger club. No disrespect to Murrow. Yeah. But unsung hero, O'Hara. O'Hara's I've good. always uh-huh. liked yeah. O'Hara. Box yeah. to box. Yep, I like him. He's He's got that physical side to him. He's also a good footballer. The boy. I th- and I think they're now becoming what they thought what we thought they would be right from the start of the season when we looked at the squad. But yeah. but uh, but it, it is showing signs of, of coming together. And you mentioned uh, Tony Watsai. Um, and obviously Alan Campbell was was a standout and had to get a mention as well. But uh, Stephen Robinson, the manager, very impressed with what uh, Watt contributed. Um, I have to have a special mention, Tony Watt's performance today, Alan Campbell, um, again. But um, Tony, you know, we've pushed and pushed and pushed to get the fitness levels and we're starting to see the player that we all, all believe it is. And that's the thing, isn't it? We had, we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago uh, as well, telling us he was very good with words. And that was probably his worst performance this season. I seem, I seem to remember. <laughs> but, but, I mean, if, if Motherwell can get him back anywhere near the level he was at when he was you know, scoring that goal against Barcelona, um, they've, they've got themselves a real player. Yeah, me and Si have spoken about this a few times off air. I, I think he's, he's not at his full potential. I really do. Um, whether that's down he's not found the right club I think Motherwell could be a good fit for Tony Watt and it's good to see that he's he's back playing and it looks to me he's starting to hit some sort of form and there's a manager there he enjoys playing under I just think he's never he's never found the right club yeah. since he's left Celtic so He'll hopefully forget. hopefully in the next month or two you can start to get a run of games and hopefully start scoring goals again he scored goals in the English Championship yep, you know, uh-huh. he's, he's yeah. had three moves to big clubs in Blackburn, Charlton and you know Cardiff like in the say, Championship some some clubs fit players yeah. and I don't think he's found that right fit and it's just I think Muddles came at a good time in, the, in his career and hopefully he can kick on because I've bumped into him a couple of times he's, he's a nice lad he's a likeable yeah. guy he is, yeah. he is he's a nice boy Yeah, I watched the game yesterday and I thought Christopher Long uh, was starting to get back to the levels he'd yeah. produced previously with Motherwell as well and of course big game coming up for them uh, on Thursday night uh, they're in Israel in the Europa League qualifiers to bear Hapel Beersheva it's going to be tough 
Yeah, you know, the reality is that European football is a, a tough ask for us with the size of our squad and the travel arrangements. And, you know, we don't have 10 massage people to come in and get everybody ready again. But what we have got is abundance of character um, as well as quality. And, and they'll go again. You know, we, we believe we've got a right chance. There are good, very good side individuals that can hurt you. But we go with nothing to fear and, and nothing to lose. And we'll have a right go at it. And they've got a much better chance, you would imagine, right now than you would have said a couple of weeks ago, Barry. Yep, um, it's a tough place going over to Israel. But listen, they're in good form. They've won four out of five, so they'll go over there with confidence and hopefully get through. Good luck to the Fab Four. We'll talk a lot more about that between now and then. Uh, Rangers and Celtic, Motherwell and Aberdeen all in action. That's it for Monday's Go Radio Football Show. We're back tomorrow night between five and seven. We have Kenny Dalglish with us. Wow. Get your questions in for him. Hope you've enjoyed it tonight. Bye for now.